You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV Scandal After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV Scandal After Show. Hello, gladiators. We are here doing another After Buzz TV after show for Scandal, Season 3, Episode 10, A Door Marked Exit. I'm your host today, Sophia Stanley, along with my fellow gladiators. They can introduce themselves. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Cornelia. And I'm Bam Erickson. And Emil cannot be with us, but he will be around during the holidays, so make sure to hit him up on social media, on Twitter, as well as Facebook. Well, we're going to kick the door down and get right into this episode, and we are going to start right with Sally Langston killing her husband. God, please be with me. What did you guys think? She stabbed him so hard. Even like even Bam, when we were watching after we were done, Bam was like, "Did he? Did she hit him first? Because she stabbed him so hard that you can hear the force going into his back." Sally, that was the best biblical talk I have heard in a long time, and I'm talking about since being in the church back in the day. Sally was going with that biblical talk. She she like it was like scripture after scripture, like quote after quote. She said, um. She one of the quotes she said to um, Daniel, "You have unleashed a snake into our garden." What, Sally? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't. I can't. I can't. Bam, you seem not to agree in a certain way. Sally, my my problem with Sally's character is she she's a Bible thumper. She's always throwing rocks and wants to hide her hand. But again, the husband called her out. You knew it. You saw me with that guy back in I think when we were in college, and so you. She asked for this. But, okay, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate, pun intended. <clears throat> Arguably, regardless of whether or not she knew that he had certain sexual desires for other people, regardless of their sex, if, in fact, they had a deal, i.e. a marriage, to stay committed to one another, regardless, then, of whom you may be attracted to, regardless of what sex they may be, you should honor your marriage, number one. Number Mm -hmm. two, she specifically said to him, prior to him sleeping with James, hey, I'm about to make a bid for the presidency. All of our hard work is going to be realized. I need you in this period to stay strong and steadfast, i.e., don't screw anybody, especially a dude. I get that. I understand that. But what I'm I'm saying is he did what he did. Um, there was already there was obviously problems in the relationship because Daniel has not popped up anywhere until season three. So they were estranged and never seen him around from season one to season two. They were estranged. Something was clearly going on. And so what I say when, when I mean that Sally asked for this in the sense of when you're going when you're throwing uh, darts back and forth, you know, you can throw all these scriptures and all these things at him. But the reality is you have dirt that you're doing too, Sally. So it's like, I feel like the the conversation could have totally went 
the conversation could have went better. But because she didn't like what was being said at her, she took her frustration out on him and she killed him. You can tell by the way that she was stabbing him. She was angry. She was taking her frustration out on her. And, you know, Sally's been this whole ticking time bomb. It's been a buildup. And, you know, in the end, he's dead. She's alive. She killed him. But all that Bible talk, Sally, you're the one that's going to hell. Oh, well, Sally doesn't, but the, well, Sally, she told James, not James, Cyrus, when he came to help her, when she was hallucinating or, you know, in her, in the zone or whatever, she said how bad she thought she was and what was going to happen, yada, yada, yada. But, and that she needed justice and yeah. she needs to tell. But the type of woman that Sally is, she thinks that Daniel's actions are a choice. A lot of Bible thumpers don't they think that you know you wake up one day and you're like you know what I'm gonna be gay today so she for her she came at him from the standpoint when she first talked to him and said I'm running for the presidency like listen control yourself don't sleep with no men like he was gonna like like it was just that easy for him to be like okay sure it was cheating but still Sally I mean your husband's gay so you're going to either have to deal with it now. You think he's not going to sleep with a man. If you win the presidency, you think he's not going to sleep with a man for eight years? Eight? Sally? But, but okay, I'm again, so we're kind of assuming, though, that he hasn't slept with anyone up until now. Oh, no, I think, oh, he definitely has. But, but then, okay, but I think this was her problem. She literally said, you screwed his husband. That is poisonous fruit. So of all people to sleep with, you had a lack of discretion, right? So not only does Cyrus know... Number one. Number two, you slept with his husband, and he she may not have articulated this during the argument, but there are pictures. Mm, yeah. So I think that's a little, like, I. so again, and I cannot believe I'm saying this, I am not in any way condoning her actions. However, let's really think what happened. Cyrus Bean, of all people, who epitomizes, just like you said, given the fact that she's not only a Bible thumper, but she's a Bible thumper that later on obviously says that her husband is going to hell, despite the fact that she killed him and quote-unquote sent him there. Cyrus symbolizes everything that is wrong with the country, the Republic, and Fitzgerald Grant, right? He, He is what stands in her way. He has the audacity to come into her office and throw pictures of her husband sleeping with his husband. Imagine the outrage. And I think that's what she was doing, right? So she was literally spewing that outrage like any woman would of their husband having an affair, right? Someone else having to tell you about it who you loathe with pictures. And then your husband has the audacity, the gall to basically call you out and be like, oh, but you knew. You've always known. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You knew and you basically accepted it because you're some rich debutante who couldn't find a husband. She probably couldn't find a husband, though. Sally ain't that appealing. No, I'm... Th- but I, you I, couldn't, I know. but I mean, at the, but no, at the end of the day, though, take, your, take your punishment. Like, yeah, take yeah. it for a second and basically be like... And he's just like, oh, he's not going to tell anybody. Like, it's no big deal. Like, well, he's not... You know, he was naive anyway, though. Like, his whole approach this whole time he's been around has been very... Uh, it's been very fraternity boy. Like, very and frat house. Yeah, he's like, what do you mean? He's not going to see anything. Yeah, and she said, you're my original sin. She goes, because you're pretty and you're stupid and you couldn't take care of yourself. Mm. Do you mean you're my burden? Like she, yeah, she's like, yeah, you're pretty and you're stupid. And I'm, and she goes, and I'm taking myself to the promised land. And that's when he said, I'm done. 
you do make great points, but you I do you have to look at their relationship because however long that they've been married, Sally didn't all of a sudden become this way in the sense of where she's always saying uh things to belittle him and make him feel less of what he is. And so you, Because I think he was playing his position. I think I I kinda agree with Bam. You don't just start you don't start belittling your husband like this week. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it, you gotta you have you have to ease into it and that's just not something that you just jump in over time. You gotta feel like you got the balls to belittle your man. Mm-hmm. And it, you know you Okay, don't... I'm I'm gonna uh, this is gonna make me unpopular. If you think about it and even she articulates it in calling him pretty and basically stupid and then basically she goes, The only thing you gave me was our daughter and she can't even keep her legs out, like closed they have role reversal, right? No, seriously. So they have role reversal. So she's the VP and she's the power position and he's just a pretty face. I think that she may not have belittled him before because he played his position so she didn't have a need to belittle him. So literally they had they had the unity of God on their side, right? So they were that type of a couple where, oh, you know what? Sorry, I'm having a moment. Sorry. Do you remember way back on season one when Sally was running for the president? And her, her, um, her chief, her then chief of staff, Billy, basically said that they screw all the time. He said, who screwed? Remember that Sally and her husband screw all the time. Oh, that's what you said? Do you gladiators remember this? So remember, basically, because the whole thing was Melly and Fitz don't sleep together, right? Right. And they're cold, and everyone Mm -hmm. knew they were cold. And Billy says, and I can't remember who Billy says this to, he basically was like, (laughs) Sally Langston, they don't have that problem. They're like teenagers. Sorry, I had a moment, just popped in my head, I had to get it out. Mm -hmm. But... I really think that I, I don't think that it's part of their relationship. I think maybe once or twice, mm-hmm. but I really don't think. I think it really is the fact that he stepped out of line, and I think that I re- literally I think she snapped. Yeah, I think they both stepped out of line, and and because their relationship is unbalanced, I don't be I don't believe that in the past they've had knockdown fallouts like this. Oh, I do. I don't think so. Be I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think they've had knockdowns. I think it's more been when Sally's been upset. She's had. She's probably said some things to him, and he taking the position that he is. He's just kind of okay, 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 okay. But but this time he obviously rose to her level, and I think that's what also made her just go as far as they did. Because look at when Fitz and Melly when they have arguments and they go back and forth. There's never a moment where. Either one of them crosses that line. But that's not a moral issue with... For them, Mm -hmm. Sally is very... She's very into her morals. Mm -hmm. Think about how mad Sally... How Sally feels about, you know, her husband being gay and just gay people in general. The first time she found out that her husband was gay, like, really got the information, Sally seems like the type of woman that will rub that in his face forever. She like. The That's first time she got, they probably discussed it. She probably cut him down completely. And she's that wife that every day after that, she'll give him a side eye and be like, well, you know how you like it. Like she's that mm-hmm. type of lady that'll always rub his face in it. So like, I, I, I think they've had uh, knockdown arguments like that before. But do you think he ever argued back? That's what I'm saying. I think so. Because what does he have to lose? He know he 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 knows when you know that your wife can't get rid of you. But what I, you have to lose? But see, and I think I think now I'm going to take a different stance. I do agree with you in terms of her sadly belitt- belittling Daniel. But I think that before he just took it. Yeah. Mm. 
And I think that's why this was different. Because the way that he said, I'm done, and not only did he say, I'm done, he, he basically was like, oh, and I'm going to go do interviews. Like, basically meaning, mm-hmm. oh, I'm about to step out of your shadow. And I'm about I'm to tell the, I'm gonna tell the Sally Langston story. And the way that he did it, he was, his back was turned, and it was, you know, that whole dramatic effect, it was turned around. I'm done. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Can Completely. we say yeah. one more time? <laughs> no. <laughs> But no, so I I do agree with you. I think she belittles him. But again, I think that because they were playing this role of the ro- like of the role of God, and that in in this relationship she's kind of the preacher or the pastor, and he was just taking it. And I think today he was like, not today. But think about how how ironic it is that Sally feels the way she feels about her husband and his lifestyle, but she calls someone with that exact same lifestyle to have him help her when she needed help. Oh, Sally. Oh, really? Oh. Who else was she going to call? I said this last week. But then she should have called the police. Like, if at the end of the day, and I know I'm saying exactly different than what I said a couple of minutes ago, if, in fact, she wanted justice and she felt that she did something wrong and technically the devil walked in, then your savior should be Jesus Christ himself and God. So call the police. And if you're meant to be saved, then you'll be saved or you'll do your penance in jail. Or slammer time. Slammer time. But that, that shouldn't affect... That shouldn't affect your relationship with God. But see, Sally's always been that kind of person where she quotes scriptures for her own doing and she's saved when she wants to be saved. So when I say yeah. saved in, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the term uh, that they use in church, but let's, let's be, let's be real. Sally was conflicted. But when the moment when, <laughs> when Cyrus told her basically to snap out of it, she got right into it. She fell on top of him. It was like, well, let's oh, back this- up. Let's back up before that, though. When Cyrus basically is like, no, like Jesus Christ suffered for your sin so you don't have to give me your sin. Like, Cyrus kind of is a little bit of the devil. Mm-hmm. Like, Cyrus devil. was, like, quoting, like, the best of them. And he literally was like, okay, because he was doing it for a multitude of reasons. Because at the end of the day, he needs to save his presidency. And he can't have the VP go to jail for murdering her wife. I mean, her husband. Mm-hmm. Freudian slip. I apologize, really. Um, but more importantly, I think that... It really showed that, just like you said, that she knows he's the devil. And basically, she mm-hmm. he got in bed... Yeah. With the mm-hmm. devil. And not only that, but let's... I've always said that Cyrus has been kind of slipping a little bit. He's been kind of slipping. He's been kind of off of his game. And last week when Sally and, uh, and Cyrus had the conversation in office, you know, Sally totally got him. And, and people were like, well, why didn't Cyrus, you know, say anything? And I feel like, you know, basically Cy- Cyrus is a bully. And when he and when he doesn't have the upper hand, he kind of falls back. But when, But the fact that Sally called him... In the back of his mind, although he's helping her, Cyrus is very, um, he's very, um, calculated. And so, although he was a little conflicted and do, and doing certain things, in the back of Cyrus's <coughs> mind, he's thinking, hot damn, I got her. I agree. Also, too, I think that the, what makes Cyrus an amazing character and what makes the way that the character is portrayed on the screen amazing is that Cyrus is a real human being. So obviously when he enters in and you see kind of flashing back to the pictures and him realizing what he did to possibly lead to this scenario. And he throws and up. He throws up. I think that what makes Cyrus on some levels so maniacal is that it's not that he doesn't have feelings. I actually think it would be easier if he didn't. He actually legitimately has feelings, Mm -hmm. but he's able to literally swallow those feelings for the better 
for the good of the presidency. The presidency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's scary. Yeah. He cleaned that up. That was he called uh Quinn and her her boo Charlie to clean up the office. They stitched up his back, put him in the bed. But see, right then, I was actually confused. I wasn't sure where they were going to take it. Because I was like, how are they going to to run this scenario that he had a heart attack when he, you know, has at least, from the scene, it seemed like at least four stab wounds. Right, yeah. Yeah. I mean... Which... And this, that, is, gonna- and this is why Sally, you know, why she had to do the whole fall, fall on him and leave me alone. That was all... That was all what Cyrus wanted was, to But do. wasn't there a moment, though, when she was standing there? So when he's basically telling Sally, like, you basically need to snap out of this. And, you know, the doctor walks in and he immediately, uh, Cyrus, go ahead. Go ahead. Cyrus is a, he's a cold piece. I love what he did. When, when he wasn't sure what Sally was, was going to do, he went right into character. He hugged Sally. He I mean, he come on. He was like, oh, they're there. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> Who would ever think that Cyrus and Sally would hug? But when 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 the job needs to be done and he needs to put on the act, he hugged Sally. Yeah, no, he he te- he definitely uh, took care of it. Um, again, Cyrus, Cyrus, like you said, Cyrus is calculated, and I like. There, there were some good scenes in this in this movie. Like there were some really good scenes when you Cyrus, said a movie. The movie. It, well, it felt like a it movie to like me. It felt like a movie. Yeah. Like I was watching it. Like this is awesome. Mm-hmm. This is one of the better shot episodes. Whatever. Anyway, Cyrus handled this whole situation gracefully. But mm-hmm. meanwhile, did y'all think that James was gonna go tell David? Never. Never, ever, 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 ever. So I did well, think, though, when, when Cyrus comes home and it's on the news and the way that James reacted, that set seemed perfect to me. Because, honestly, it's kind of like, dude, you killed Amanda Tanner and who else did you possibly kill, let alone, James may not know this, but you almost killed your husband. So me thinking you're a murderer isn't really that, you know, far-fetched. But I never thought that the next scene would then be James in David Rosen's office basically saying that he potentially thinks that someone possibly his husband killed yeah. the vice president's husband but even let's back up before that why the hell did cyrus tell melly yeah i was a little i didn't like that either because we cyrus has said before to olivia melly will just basically destroy herself like if you if you give melly something to do she'll you know she'll bury her own self just give her time so him telling melly i get him to i get one side of him telling melly because it was she he was sitting at the table drunk and melly was all happy like oh my god isn't this shocking he maybe he needed somebody to tell at that moment because again he doesn't have live right he now. doesn't have anybody to tell who is he gonna tell you know and and i think sally that, kill her husband and i think it's also guilt like because basically he basically was like no we're the devil He's like, she kept saying the devil came in, the, dev- the, the devil came in, the devil came in, ergo, where the devil? Yeah. And then he basically was like, we're done. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So I think he was, to kind of carry out the religious theme, like, I think he was literally confessing his sins to Melly. And in his world, that kind of makes sense, because they're two of a kind. Well, Melly is an idiot, and... <laughs> The first thing that she does, she goes and she... Well, she calls Fitz first, which but, is the good move. Yeah, she, she called Fitz and let him know, because Fitz obviously was doing something else. But then when she goes and sees Sally, it's like two seconds of, oh, you poor thing. And then, boom, she goes right into like, yeah, bitch, I know. Yeah. 
Melly, Melly, you had you got to know when to hold them and when to fold them. That wasn't the time to bring that up. If you got that kind of information, Melly has to bring that out when it really matters and when she really needs it. You didn't need to do that at that moment. Melly she, didn't need to do that at that, that, that no, moment. No, she didn't because they had Sally right where they needed her. And so now that's the, Sally's whole disposition changed once Melly let her in on the fact that she knew. So now. Melly already can figure Melly's going to figure out something between between Sally and Leo. And so now now that Melly knows that, now Sally's going to now Sally's like kind of looking a certain way now and and she's going to No gonna, time I'm going to cut you off. You forget Melly already knows what's going on with Leo. She was pretending. Melly uh, already knows that Sally's already trying to run for president. You're right. Do you know what I mean? So she was playing them. What she doesn't realize is how Leo literally is like this is my ticket. I'm not going to let this go. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's really the problem. And I think that what everyone or I've always said about Melly, it's twofold. She's a lot more emotional than people give her credit. And it's hubris. She has been walking around for now, what, you know, three and a half years without anyone thinking that she is someone to be reckoned with. Someone who has information, someone that has power. Mm -hmm. So she's basically, she has to at every given moment let someone knows that she holds a power position. And ironically, by doing so, she shows that she, in fact, does not have a power position. Because she she, can't help herself. She pissed Sally off. Mm -hmm. Sally, now, that whole speech, we're here, just just know we took care of it, but no, Melly, pull back, go have a nice cold drink, and regroup later. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't appreciate what Melly did. I didn't like it. So quick question for you guys before we move on to the next topic. So do we think that Leo is somehow going to get her out of this mess. I think Leo is shadier than we think and I think I think he's going to be a lot more help to Sally than any of us would have imagined. Well, the first thing that he says is if you kill someone, you tell me first. So cuz what normal person said like you know what I mean like if you kill somebody I'm not don't tell me. I don't exactly. want to well, be involved. Well, from the, the end of the scene we see that obviously Shelby this war- person who worked for the NSA or, or some kind of um, service that obviously was, you know, hacking p- into people's phones mm-hmm. has the tape of the conversation between Sally and Cyrus. So, gladiators, let us know on iTunes whether or not you think that Leo will possibly save the day on the second half of Scandal Season 3. And you can do that by going to iTunes.com. And all <laughs> you have to do is you click on Click in on the upper right-hand corner after Buzz TV, Scandal, and all of our podcasts come up from Season 1, Season 2, and Season 3. And what you can do is you can rate, comment, and subscribe. So you can literally comment on whether or not you think that Leo is going to save the day, whether or not the VP is going to go down, and whether, if convicted, she's going to take down the entire Grant presidency. So again, go to iTunes.com and rate, comment, subscribe, and always tell a friend. All right, we're going to move on to the second topic. And the second topic is Quinn, Quinn, Quinn. So what do you guys think about her trying to go head-to-head or toe-to-toe, mano-e-mano with Mr. Rowan? Command. I I commend Quinn for making the effort. But Quinn... I mean, remember they call her a baby lawyer? Or what did they call Mm -hmm, her? That's exactly what they called her. Well, now you're a baby spy. So you... I get her ambition, but... To, I wasn't surprised when it didn't go through. Like, I was just like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, okay, it didn't work. All right, next now what, Quinn? Bless her heart. <laughs> See, we're, I was actually 
actually confused <laughs> is part of me. I was sitting there thinking, so I was like, so after you stab Command in the hand with the syringe, how are you going to kill Charlie? Because he's right behind you. This is, I, you know, I don't know if I said this on Twitter or if I've said this, um, you know, here on our uh, on our recap. For Quinn to have gone through what she's gone through and now of all the men, why this bum? I don't just. It's, well, you know, because Quinn, Quinn has always been in a place since she came with OPA. I remember at first she didn't know herself and her dad shut her down. Remember when she tried to go back home and talk to him? He was mm-hmm. kind of giving her the side eye. Then she was, she finally felt like, okay, OPA is the only place I have. I'm no longer Lindsay. I'll be Quinn now. I have this new person. I got to find out. Then she got cool with Huck. He was teaching her the ropes. He gave her the side eye. And he kicked her out of OPA. Like, I don't think it's about, excuse me, guys. I don't think it's about him and the person he is. I think it's about he's the only person that's fooling with Quinn. At all. Like, if 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 Urkel would have came in and would have been like, you know what, Quinn, let's do this. She would have been like, okay. It didn't matter who Oscar the Grouse could have rolled in there in the trash can. She would have been like, I think he's the one for me. She has nobody else. That's it. I completely agree. But my my problem with Quinn is, obviously, even though we love to make fun of her, and again, like I think we're all still geeked off of Katie Lowe's calling in last week. I mean, that was just priceless. However... I think that the problem is, even though she's a baby spy, she still has skills, Yeah. right? And I think that that's part of the reason why Charlie actually does like her, number one. And I think that in his own twisted Charlie way, has some feelings towards her. My problem with Quinn is, you're still a traitor. You didn't bring me anything. So you went into command. You didn't kill Rowan. You didn't get anything. And so when she goes, oh, I came back... Well, you got nowhere to go. And so, where did you go before you came here? Because after you took, you took the thing out of your mouth. So, Quinn, where did you go? Like, Quinn, uh, Huck, but Huck gave her the ultimate boot. He, She came in and she was like, I'm back. And he was, he said, we do this for Lynn. Liv saved us. You, you, I would have killed her. If it wasn't for you, I would have killed you. Well, I would have well, skinned you. I would have pulled out all of your teeth. And, you know, you're no longer a gladiator. I Okay. I'm going to jump back on Team Quinn. I think that's kind of messed up. I think it's cold-blooded. And Liv, again, is so wrapped into her world, which, I mean, I understand what she's going through. But you have not called Quinn. You have not <laughs> texted her. You have not sent her chicken soup. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut so you off. So I'm gonna cut you off. See, I actually think it's worse than that. I think that she says stuff to Huck like, "Oh, you tortured her. I can't believe you tortured her." And he's like, "Yo, dude, she's part of command. Like, I had to know. Like, I had to know that she's part of B three six thirteen. Like, that's major." I feel like Olivia. What's the word? She almost pretends like she cares. Like, she says yeah. something enough so that we, as the, you know, as the audience, I know this sounds silly, but we over here think, oh, see, she cares. But she doesn't. Because she didn't follow through. She didn't say, okay, no, track her down. Bring her back. This is this is bad. If she's there, she's in danger. And you never see her check in again. Yeah. Go ahead, Bam. You, I, I couldn't have said it any better. I mean, she does not care. She hasn't called. And... It was almost like, you know, she was trying to throw a weight around when she goes into that that one tone when she wants to yell at people. And it's just like, for real, 
like what Huck is riding. He's a ride or die for you and OPA, Liv. So he did what he was supposed to do because she like Liv. Sh- and not only yeah. that, like, and this is gonna sound effed up. He only pulled out two of her teeth. Yeah. And like when she was like, "Oh my god, you put a tracking device on her?" Yes, yeah, I put a tracking device on her. Like, are, are, are you kidding me? Yes. Yeah. If Her- if it was Harrison, Harrison would have, you know, in in whatever, um, in his as cruel as Harrison can be in his realm, he would have done harsh. He would have done something harsh to Quinn uh, if he had the opportunity to, especially if it's for the sake of you are betraying uh, um, Olivia. And it didn't take until Jake said something to Olivia for her to finally be like, oh, because he said to her, he said, listen, your dad may, you may think he's the good guy, but to us, he's still the same old dude. He's still command. He threw Huck in the the hole. Huck almost lost his mind. Cut him some slack. Calm down, Olivia. And then she was finally like, oh, maybe you're right. Okay. Yeah. Damn. (laughs) No, seriously. So, okay. So, again, so, do we really think that she goes to OPA, Hawk obviously tells her she's not a gladiator, so now she literally is nothing but a member of B3613. Do we think she's still playing Charlie, or do we really believe that she's now there and she's committing, committed to being part of Wonderland? I think she's going to be there for a while, or at least for... Well, we're at episode 11, six, seven. She's going to be there, I would say, at least two, three, four more episodes because it, it can't, she just can't go back so easily back to OPA. Um, Harrison and uh, Abby kind of acknowledged her when she came in. It was like, oh, there she is. And then she walked right in. There was no. So I think it's storyline wise, I think it's great that she's not a part of OPA for the moment because now we get to see where. Quinn is going, where she's going to end up, and if she's going to actually come back to OPA. And I'm sure they'll probably come up with some crazy hashtag. You know, Quinn, come back. I think if she is, (laughs) I think the way she left like a sad puppy, I think if they called her back or apologized, she'd come wagging her tail back. I think she'd come back because true Charlie is now this replacement family, this this faux boyfriend, but OPA, it's her only family. So it's kind of like if you have a fight with your sister, let's say your sister really said she y'all get into it. And she's like, don't ever speak to me ever again. But you end up making up. Sure, you don't forget. You don't forget what happened. But you still come back to Thanksgiving dinner next year. And I still don't trust Charlie 100 percent that. In my mind, I think he's still playing her just a little bit. And so I don't know if he's going to try and kill Quinn or, or do something to her. And maybe, I don't know, something is not quite right. I'm not quite sure how she's going to go back to OPA. But I think something's going to hit the fan because Quinn, out of the whole OPA, her storyline is like far, see, um, far, you know, goes past the other um, OPA members. I, I have two opposite theories. One theory is piggybacking off of what Bam says, is that I definitely think that she actually could actually fully commit. And the reason being is that we have articulated uh, like a story arc regarding strong women and their skill sets or who they really are not being actualized. Just like I said, for a baby lawyer, I mean, for a baby spy, she's a much better baby spy than she was a baby lawyer. And technically, she was a pretty 
good lawyer. Mm -hmm. Just if I remember her backstory, like she went to either Stanford or Berkeley, you know, had a top job. That's when, you know, the whole Cytron thing happened. And she still, you know what I mean? So at the end of the day, she's still a very, very good attorney. I think she's going to make an even better spy. Mm -hmm. And the difference is Charlie actually lets her kill people. Mm-hmm. The first time, she may not have realized, but she still liked it. She she didn't like that she didn't know that's what she was going to do, but she was more than willing to kill Rowan. And there was that little spark in her. That's why she was so calm and was able to take out the, the, the tracking device in her mouth so much because she was revved up. Oof. Other theory that I'm still working on is now B36, B, I always get the numbers mixed up, has changed. Rowan's no longer in charge. Mm-hmm. So if Rowan's in charge, does that mean Charlie still has a job? Because now that Jake is in charge, wouldn't you clean house? Yeah. I would. I would definitely clean house immediately in terms of anyone who affected my life and threw me in the hole, which is Charlie and Rowan. And I would kick Quinn out. If I were Jake, because Jake can be like, Mm -hmm. Quinn, you don't belong here. Girl, go go somewhere. No. But but Charlie will find a job. He'll be fine. So will he take her with him? Probably. That's what I'm thinking. He'll take her with her. I think so, too. I'm sure okay. Cyrus need, Cyrus is going to have to, you know, he's going to have to fix somebody or, yeah. you know, fix a death soon. Because Charlie has uh, Quinn thinking they just hold 03 Bonnie and Clyde, <laughs> Hove and B. Like, they, he really has her thinking that they are like this ride or die couple. I think wherever he goes, she'll be right, right behind him. Like, okay, let's do this. I was going to, I was going to make a Bonnie and Clyde reference. Don't forget it was Bonnie first, then Clyde. True. So. Quinn doesn't really fit the bill. She needs to step up a bit. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys, let's move on to topic number three, which is the aftermath of Mama Pope. We now know that she is not a housewife or whatever pretend job she had. She's actually a full-blown terrorist. Born in East London with Marxist um, uh, ideologies and basically seems like she's a terrorist for hire with no true... Um, belief system other than possibly money and it seems like wanting to take down the Republic. Yeah. She, um, and then she ended up with Rowan, married him, had a family. See, that's the thing that kind of threw me off. Usually, I get you want, you know, you have to have a cover, but to take it that far, that's serious because now you got a daughter. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. But then, go ahead. Think about Huck. Huck was. But he had the girlfriend before he got into B six thirteen. Yeah, I agree, totally agree. And remember, remember, he had yeah. her. He came back from the military. He had the girlfriend, and then he had the meeting with B six thirteen, and then they, you know, they brought him in. Olivia's mom, she was a Rolling Stone until, you know, And not only a Rolling Stone, she literally obviously got together with Rowan because her job was to steal secrets from the CIA. And in essence, he's he's the top of the food chain of the CIA. So obviously she was stealing secrets from Rowan. Mm -hmm. So again, to solidify her cover by not only marrying him, but having a child with him. That gives a whole new level of mama dearest or mommy dearest because, again, now to have a child that you claim to, 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 to love and care for, again, when she left, why didn't she take Olivia? Because, again, and like I said before, what mom would think that their husband, the, the father of their child, is a monster and you leave your child? It's one thing to leave your child when we thought she was a housewife with no ends and means. But you know that she's a terrorist? You take your child or you put her somewhere safe. You don't leave her with the monster of the regime that you're technically trying to take down. Yeah. I No, I, I, I get that. And then 
you you if you you just married him for did she just marry him for the purpose of her job because then it take it to the next level not only did you leave your husband your child with this monster you left your child with the man you didn't even like in the first place so now what like this i i, I just I, i'm not surprised that she's bad but now I'm now I'm starting to to dip into the personal aspect of it because you know if she you know she's a cold piece whatever okay but again that's still your daughter man like and and it's just unfortunate because she knew her daughter if she was gonna leave was she ever gonna come back so either way if the plane wouldn't have got shot down or if it if it was was Olivia gonna think gonna think she was dead anyway I'm gonna disagree I don't think I think Mama Pope leaving her child with Papa Pope was probably the best thing because she had stability. Although she went to boarding school and some other things, a 12-year-old girl going from country to... Like, her life is very... One minute she's on a plane, the next minute she's... And I think that was best for her to leave uh, her daughter with Rowan where there would be stability. No, I agree with that part. My aspect of it, though, is... Well, Mama Pope, stop saying that Rowan is this monster and that he's this evil person and saying he created, he turned you into him and yeah. you acting like him. Because, but, Mama Pope, really, let's talk about it. Stop saying that because you know it's not true. I mean, if she can do all of what she does, do you think that she... I know. I mean, she, she can't just quite come out and just say what she is because then... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's still something uh, that I'm that I'm I have so many questions that I can't get right. So again, same thing. Why did he leave her in jail for 22 years? Why didn't you just execute her? Maybe yeah. because he loved her. I was going to say he de- I was going to say because before she broke out of jail, they had a, a interesting husband wife kind of relationship the way they they had a couple they had a couple of moments even from when even from when he says our daughter has been asking about us there's i do believe that they loved each other i i think he definitely loved her Mm -hmm. i think he definitely you know loved her i think that's why she was still alive because again, Rowan, he can kill anybody. He said in the limo last episode that he said, you know, contrary to belief, I don't enjoy killing people, but he will get it done. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that I think he loved his wife, and I don't. I think that's why he just sat her in there for that long of a time because it's easier to just lock her away and act like she doesn't exist than to kill the person that you fell in love with and that you have a child. Because even though she he kept her away from Olivia. That's still his daughter's mom. Okay. So just keep her, you know, just keep her in there. I, you know, we won't, nobody will know she's here. I don't have to kill her. She's pretty much dead in spirit, but I don't have to kill her because that's still your wife. That's still his wife. He loved, he, I, I think he really loved her. Okay. Well, speaking of love, Fitzgerald Grant kidnaps Rowan and takes him to an underground cell. Bam! What do you Bam like? Just to... crossed his arms in disgust. <laughs> this is for me going back to the whole Olivia thing because you know Olivia is thinking about herself and she, you know, she, she, you know, she demanded for Fitz to take care of this and she's just she's making all of these orders about certain things and it's like she's doing too much. Well, let's let's actually back up because so for why me I, and I, I was I was 
I was writing feverishly and I could not get everything. But basically, you know, all of a sudden we see that Rowan is is leaving command or leaving Wonderland and, you know, two cars block him in. And all of a sudden we see somebody in chains and, you know, he goes, where am I? He sits down and who sits right in front of him? The president of the United States of America. So basically he's like, you know, why am I here? And he basically, you know, says you're going to be here until Maya is safe. That kind of seemed very, some, like, righteous BS. I was like, wah, 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 sorry. But what I thought was just, I don't know, like, this actually irritated me, is when he started to try to get into his head, and he goes, you know, I'm screwing your daughter. He doesn't say, you know, I'm in love with your daughter. Um, I'm in a relationship with your daughter. I'm sleeping with your daughter. He said, I'm screwing your daughter. Technically, I would have actually had more respect for him if he said, I F-U-C-K-E-D your daughter. But wait, then he said, I know what she tastes like. Oh, do you? Like, come on, Fitz. Like, you didn't, we didn't, like, did we have to take it to that level? That was beyond trying to get under his skin. To me, that was just some, to me, he was talking, he said that to Rowan, like, Olivia's my side chick. That's what I feel like he I was saying. I completely agree. He was saying, she's my side chick, so... And he basically up? was like, she's talented. Like, oh, he did. Uh, I mean... Do, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, literally, yeah. like, a part of me was like, okay, Fitz, are you bragging? Are you trying to get under his skin? Are you trying to do interrogation 101? Like, I'm a little bit confused here. I feel like he was partially interrogating him and then trying to get him under his skin so that he can get the information that he wants. But you have to remember, you know, when you watch these shows like Castle and some of the other shows when they do the interrogation, it's one thing when you deal with a local drug dealer or somebody who didn't rob the store or something. But the, this man and his background, do you really think by revealing this information, first of all, Rowan already knew that the two of you already had a little sexual tit to take going on. So did you really think that by you giving this information and being a badass that he was just going to buckle down and just... That He's was a baby just, interrogator. No, completely. But yeah. I think that it led up to an amazing scene. Like, an, uh, like Joe Morton, like, bravo, hats off, I applaud you. Like, you are killing this role. He then goes, you are a boy. I'm a man. I have worked, fought, scraped for everything that I had. He basically was like, poor little rich boy that you've gotten everything in your life. Boo-hoo that you have too much money that you haven't worked for anything. I am a man, you are a boy. So basically he's like, oh yeah, that's what a boy would say. Because a boy would brag about how he's screwing my my daughter. And he basically then went on to say, you only want my daughter because she is mine. She is mine, she is what I created. You like her because she is a door-marked exit. Can we... Go ahead. About the whole created thing, now let's go back to when I said that it was best that mama left... Uh, her daughter to be with him because as we as we said before Olivia is just like her dad nothing like her mom and he although he may have taken her to boarding school to do certain things but when he left her she learned a lot of things and she's she's smart and she does what she does because she basically she get it from her daddy yeah she does but I'm not going to commit to completely saying she's like her dad and nothing like her mom because we don't know the mom yet Mm -hmm. so I'm She's right now. She's like her her dad, but we'll see because we don't really know mom. And she's skirting around uh, 
DC. Anyway, keep and, going. And I think that, and this is, I'm going to go out on a weird limb. She is, okay. You know, there's a theory that parents basically want for their child what they weren't able to achieve, right? Mm-hmm. That basically each generation improves, right? So Rowan goes into this whole dialogue, like, I had to work and scrape to do to basically get where I've gotten, right? And obviously he's the head of command. And he basically is like, my daughter went to boarding school with kings and children of kings, right? That's a huge step, right? So basically coming from nothing to then not only be, like, she didn't just go to, like, you know, normal boarding school. She went to, like, boarding school abroad with the top heads of heads of heads of states, of governments, so forth and so on, right? So I think that in so much as he's living a dual life, he he did actually, in fact, create her in his image of what he wants to be, i.e. Rowan, not Eli. Mm -hmm. Now, I think the problem is, is that there is a part of her who is like Maya, who is the fake facade of a loving mother and slightly seemed like from her backstory a little bit of a hippie mom. Right? That she was more like peace and love and not so much like work, 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 work. And that's partly why Olivia's conflicted. Because if Olivia was actually... Oh, now I'm going to go back on my, what I'm saying. If Olivia was a little bit more one or the other, she wouldn't be conflicted. But now I'm going to switch and say, well, obviously, if Rowan has feelings for the mom, then Rowan has feelings too. So yeah. I think Bam could be right. Mm-hmm. She's totally like Rowan. Mm-hmm. But keep... Go ahead. Um... Oh, I was just going to keep going because I thought this yeah, monologue was yeah. great. So she goes, he basically is like, you like her because she is a door marked exit, that she is your way out. Basically so that you don't have to work anymore. So that you you don't have, you don't have to be your father's son, but you will always be your father's son. You will always be the disappointing son of Senator Grant. And she will always be the formidable Olivia Pope. You are a boy. Sadly, and then he basically is like, you know nothing about me. And he basically leans back. And let's remember, this entire dialogue is going on while he's chained somewhere. And any other normal person would think that they're about to be tortured, killed, something. And he's basically just reading fits. And he basically says, sadly, boy, I know everything about you. And then he goes, and he goes, and I don't think you're a suitable suitor for my daughter. Yeah, I think out of everything that he said to him, it started to cut him down when he brought up his dad. But when he said that you're not a suitable suitor uh, for my daughter, I think that's when Fitz was probably, he got he got a little butt hurt on the inside. I think that right there, because Fitz really does think he is a good suitor for Olivia. He thinks so what that I have the wife? Yep. So what that I, you know, I'm skirting around with, you know, with you and I'm in love with you while I'm married. So what that Melly will see us? Who cares? So what who cares? So what who cares? I'm a great guy for Olivia. Yay. Here's flowers. I bought her house. house. Right, bought a house. We're going to make jam. Hey, Mr. Pope, I want to marry your daughter. He really does think that on paper he looks like the perfect guy. Now, did you notice, what did you guys think about Fitz's reaction? He seemed unfazed. Do you think he has heard this story so much that he's kind of blanked it out of his head that I'm not really what these people are saying? Or do you think that he was just having a poker face? I saw a little bit in his eye when he started talking about his daddy. And then when he said the final uh, line about, like I just said, you know, you're not an appropriate suitor for my daughter. He started to change a little bit. When he was talking about you being spoiled and whatever, I don't, I really don't think fits that phases him. He probably mm-hmm. heard that his whole life. You know, after a while, you're like, whatever, mm, who cares? But 
I saw a little glimmer when he started really hitting below the belt because I don't care how what you I don't care what anybody says. Fitz will forever be butthurt when his dad's name is brought up as comparing it to himself. If you bring up Big Jerry and you compare him to Fitz, Fitz is going to cry in the bathroom. Period. No, I, I, I agree. And I think that that opened the wound. And then I think that basically what he was saying is you will never be good enough for Olivia. And you know this. And it doesn't have to do with the fact that I'm her father. Like basically he's like, you, you, you're not good enough for Olivia. So I think that in that moment, and basically we've been waiting for it since the beginning of season one. And more importantly, once we found out about Cytron and basically when we found out the backstory with his father, we've been waiting for Fitz to step up and take accountability for his presidency and accountability for his life. And I think that again, and this happens on the show a lot, Rowan went one step too far because he was like, I, I'm about to show you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, he's like, then I need to be better than you. If you created her, no, seriously, think about it. To take down, to take the position, because again, it's weird father issues, really, is what we're dealing with, right? So in order to basically have the full love of Olivia, he basically has to replace her father. And her father is command, which he kept saying to Fitz, um, it's above your pay grade. You don't have security clearance, and it's above your pay grade. So what is Fitz going to do? Fitz is basically going to take over command, mm-hmm. which we see is exactly what he did by putting Jake in, getting Rowan out, and now, theoretically, there's no check. Like, in the three branches of government and the fact that B3613 was an autonomous being that existed above the Republic... So now he basically controls the democratically elected republic and the non-democratic elected republic. I still think that there's some information that Fitz and Rowan know about each other, particularly more so Fitz. I that agree. we're still not we're still not getting this because you know Liv told Fitz to fix this, to to do what you have to do. And Fitz didn't reveal, he didn't give any kind of information. He said he couldn't do anything about it. And now, boom, we go to the to the mid-season finale. And now Fitz, all of a sudden, has the power, shuts her dad down. And Jake has, mm. this whole time, has been bringing up subtly that Fitz isn't the guy that Olivia thinks, thinks he, he is. is. Yeah. Like, he knows, there's something that he knows that isn't a part it's of a this whole point. deal. And he said to her before he left, when he did the whole I love you, I loved you thing and kissed her in the mouth, he said... I wouldn't underestimate the president. Yeah. Someone on someone on YouTube said that maybe Fitz and uh Jake are brothers. I'm not I saw that. I'm not sure about that, but they have a they have a relationship, although Fitz obviously is older than than Jake, but they have re- they have history. They definitely have history. Jake knows something that everybody else doesn't know. Yeah, right. And Okay, wait. Are they that much older? <clears throat> They probably might be like two, three years. If right, they were in okay. the same, if they were there in the same, same time, time, they can't yeah. be that, they can't be that far much. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm, well, I'm speaking literally because I know Tony Goldwyn is. Oh, okay, oh. Yeah. yeah. And their He's characters no aren't yeah. that much. But yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Well, Maya shot down. She shot the the police, not the police. Okay, the can we go can we back up for that? Yes, so, okay, back up. Maya. So the minute last episode when Olivia realized that her mom is a terrorist on a plane. What were there? Four people, five people on a plane that basically isn't a passenger plane. Is obviously a military plane that fits that fits literally got for her. The first phone call you make after calling Huck is you call the president of the United States of America and you go, "My mom is a terrorist," so that the president can then call whoever he needs to call and you shoot the plane out of the sky. I yeah, know I'm I am, agree. but this is stupid. 
No, like, I agree. You shoot, the, you shoot the plane down. We're yeah. going to wait the 12 hours until it gets to Hong Kong. Arrest her the minute she gets off the plane. Off the plane? Why is she getting off the plane? And Olivia, she chewed her own wrist. Thank you. She broke out of the prison hospital and ended up at your doorstep with a trench coat on. Like she she's she's going if she gets off that plane to Hong Kong, you're never gonna see her again. And we see now she was supposedly in Mongolia. How, but how did she get from Mongolia that quick to uh back to DC that fast? Okay, anyway. And I was just getting ready to say a woman of her expertise Who's to say that the plane was going to go somewhere? You know, like, like they're totally underestimating her, and they should have just shut the plane down, period. And now she down. knows how to fly a plane. I, yeah. like, I, she knows how to fly a plane. It was in Mongolia, and then three hours later, it ended up back in D.C. Is she working with a partner? Like, is there a homie Ooh, that we don't know about? Yeah. That was fast. Like, come on, really? You can't get back, you know? I, I, whatever. And also, too, why tip off your daughter? No, seriously. So again, if she's if she has been created in the image of Rowan, which is command, which stands for the Republic, why tip her off? Maybe she wants to terrorize Olivia. I don't know. She had her Olivia Pope, uh, coat and gloves on. Though. But you know what? Do you think maybe that the reason that Rowan didn't didn't kill her is maybe they're closer than what you think? Because now that um, um, Mama Pope. The last scene, she had on the coat like her daughter, the the gloves, the whole shit. Got her hair done. And she has her hair done, and she's and she's right in front of the White House. Now, just think about this. Now, Rowan just lost his job. Fitz just took him down. Now she's at the White House, and now she's going to the White House to cause you know some trouble. So, are they how? What's their relationship like? Do you think potentially there is something? Okay, the only reason I'm going to say no, and if they go this way, they go this way. When Olivia came to the Pentagon and the way that she was basically talking to him and like working it out in her head and basically the minute she realized, wait a minute, Maya played you. You shot the plane down because you thought you were saving people, right? Which, again, from an ethical perspective, that's still a very hard call to make. So even though I'm joking, I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. shoot the plane down, whatever. That's not an easy call to make whether or not it's one life or a thousand lives. But he made the call because he thought he was saving more lives than would be lost. Mm-hmm. And he realized he was played. The fact that he acknowledged Olivia, that Olivia figured it out when she, she goes, oh, wait, she played you. And she repeated herself. The fact that he nodded and didn't give her the normal Rowan blank, I'm not going to show you any emotion, mm-hmm. shows that he was had. There is absolutely no way that a man who basically was command, I don't care who took his job and whose wife and the mother of his child, who he's kept in prison for 22 years, simply because he loses his job, is now going to side with her. Again, I yeah. could totally be wrong. I think but my I have a mine is more of a prediction. I think when Olivia got that plane down, when, when she ordered that plane for uh, for her mom, and she said, "Oh, I got this, and it's going to be going to Hong Kong, yada yada yada," and her and she said. Oh, fancy friends. I think that Olivia's mom, she's been doing this for a long time. She's professional. So when Olivia made those calls, she now knows that Olivia has something that she wants or that she would have wanted back in the day when she was, you know, working the the terror circuit. I think she came back to terrorize the city because now Olivia is a player. And instead of using her dad, Eli, mm. now she can use Olivia. Because Olivia now, she has pieces that... Brilliant. She has pieces. and Pieces to the puzzle. How does she get... Well, I mean, I guess you can't underestimate her, but how does she get her daughter's number? 
Oh, that's really easy. Remember? That's mm-hmm. the, yeah, that's really easy. Because she probably also, from the minute when she was there, like just went like that. And, you know, there's, yeah. I think she's been pretending a lot of stuff. That, yeah. But that's that's the easy part. Because I think that's Olivia's number number. And I don't think Olivia's number is hard to get. Unless it was like the bat phone. But I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. We'll see, man. Oh, my goodness. So just last impressions of this finale. This winter finale. I thought it was it was solid. I, I liked where it was going. I'm okay with the fact that Mama Pope is still around. I just want to see now. what Like, what are you going to be doing, lady? Like... I honestly thought that she was going to come back to D.C. when Rowan was walking down that hallway. I thought she was going to put a bullet in his back. I, I really so thought funny. that it was lights out for Rowan. But I want to see if she's going to work this whole payback for him thing. Like, is this payback for Rowan time? Is she going to terrorize him? That like, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the way it ended up. I'm cool with it. I'm majority happy. I'm still just bothered that the OPA are taking back seats to all of these other great storylines that's intertwined with everything. I'm just really bummed that OPA does not really have uh, a storyline and Quinn is the only one who's now, she was OPA, now she's not. I just, it just kind of bothers me that um, that Harrison and Abby doesn't have a storyline. David has more umph and fun than, than Harrison and uh, Abby. So I'm that that bothers me. Yeah, Abby had one though. Remember when David was doing his whole uh, spy wall and he had the stuff, and Abby was trying yeah. to jump on his bandwagon. Abby had a, something for a minute, but yeah. it kind of fizzled but away. But the only moment that Abby had was the when the girl came in. She kind of gave her that like, you know, stop looking at my at my man look. Eh, I just I I need more. That's my only issue. Yeah, but still good. What do you think, Sophia? If I could have switched the energy. Of part one and part two, for me, that would have been better. Mm-hmm. Part one, I thought, was arguably the best episode of the season. Yeah. Definitely top five episodes of Scandal, season one, season two, season three. The energy was electric. It had that Scandal pace. For me, I thought, just like you said, Cornelia, the way that the episode was shot was really great. But there was some, there was a part of the energy that for me was a little I don't know if it was staccato on purpose, but it just didn't it didn't gel for me. There were there were segments that were amazing, but somehow the whole thing didn't gel for me. Like no, I wish it. Totally agree. And then the the last the last uh, segment where everything kind of all tied in together. You know, now you got James now on the other side. Now he got the power. And then there's something. Yeah. 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 So I think officially the devil has come in. So yeah. we'll we'll see what happens with that. So that is it for right now for the winter finale. And we're going to go into news and gossip before we wrap everything up. After Buzz TV News. Oh, well, uh, it's, it was announced yesterday the SAG Award nominations as well as the Golden Globe nominations. And Kerry Washington is nominated for Best Actress for... Uh, uh, Best Actress for... Uh, a drama for series. a drama series Yay! for for uh, for scandal, and you know, congratulations to Carrie. I'm still a little with. There's a lot of great performances with with scandal, and I understand you know Carrie's a breakout star, and she she kind of carries it. But there are some other characters that Jeff are Perry, really Bellamy are bre- Young, yes. Guillermo yeah. Diaz. I mean, that's just my top three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, totally. Jeff uh, Jeff Perry should. Easily be nominated. Melly, I mean, Melly, Bellamy Young. I think Melly, without a doubt. Yeah, Melly. I could see why she's not nominated, but Jeff, oh, and I cannot. Jeff Perry, de- Jeff Perry, 
I'm just based yeah. off the, based off of who the competitors are in the category who's nominated. Jeff Perry deserves. I feel he deserves a nomination, and I think Joe Morton, if he keeps it up, he's gonna oh, he will yes. be nominated for guest actor. But I just wish there was more. Or why wasn't Scandal nominated for, for an ensemble? For an ensemble, especially with the popularity and with the being SAG, I don't understand why it wasn't nominated. But you know, I think I, I think it, because it's so new. Because then you had you had to nominate Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there are certain ones that had House of Cards. You had tonight. You know, I yeah. I don't. I think it's coming. I hopefully it better be coming, but we'll see, man. It's still early. It's still kind of. It's still it's too early, early, but I feel like right now Scandal is at its peak right now, and I feel like this is a time where they should hands down be nominated. I mean, House of Cards has only had has only had one episode, uh, only had one season. Scandal's at its peak right now, and I feel. And, scandal- and, and again, and I think, and I think this is also weird. All the shows that we mentioned, none of them are network. That's true. Oh, that's no. Yeah. Really, think about that. And a lot of people have said that. And again, I think that ABC and Shauna Rhimes, they, you guys do an absolutely amazing job. But there are still parameters that you have to exist in, which those others get to go literally mm-hmm. off the wall. I, 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 I don't know. I think that could have something to do with it. But also, too, you know, um, we have been the season season three has been reduced from 22 episodes to 18. So that also means that we here at After Buzz are being reduced from 22 to 18. But we will definitely be back uh, February 27th. But again, if you guys do not know, Scandal Season 3 will actually be 18 episodes. Yeah. But jump on Twitter. Make sure that I don't care if she doesn't win. I actually think she's going to win. I think it would be amazing if she swept. That could maybe lead the way for something in terms of an ensemble cast. But I definitely think that you watching the show, just like uh, Katie Lowe said last week, is actually the best award because numbers speak for themselves. And the Scandal Gladiator universe, um, I think that you can't you can't buy that. You can't put that on TV. Yeah. Well. All right. All right. All right. Well, now let's go directly to predictions. And now you're after Buzz TV. Um, I am going to start off and I'm going to reiterate the prediction that I made last week that I think that basically Maya and Maya and whoever she is and Fitz's involvement is going to be the new presidential scandal for the second half of the season. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think it's because personally, I think not only because Fitz chartered a plane for this terrorist but olivia basically said to her mother my friend whisper the president can do all of this stuff pull all all of these strings he's here to help us to maya that's like ding 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 oh well we got a new uh target now so let me capitalize on this whole fit situation so I agree with that. I think that's where I think that's where it's going to go. I think Sally is still going to be trying to run for this VP, this president spot, especially with Leo now being this super duper bad guy. If he doesn't care about getting his hands dirty, guess what? We're we're back on. We're back in business. And Cyrus can't really shut her down because you're involved in the scandal, too. On a side note, my cold piece, because I always forget cold piece of the week, guys. It's a trifecta. Sally, Cyrus and Mama Pope get the threesome. With cold piece of the week, all three of them. Um, I think that Melly is going to try to stop this whole Sally thing uh, from running from president, and I believe Leo is going to come into play because um, 
I mean, it's no, it's no secret, so this is not a spoiler alert, but you know, um, allegedly Melly has a new man that's coming into the picture sometime. And so Leo probably may have something to do with Melly's background. Did or did she not sleep with this guy from back in the day? I think Leo has, you know, Melly said Leo's a bad guy. So they have, they have some kind of, I feel something coming from Leon, Melly, and Sally, and of course Cyrus. I do like the fact that James kind of has the upper hand with Cyrus, but for how long and when and when will Cyrus take the power back? Yeah. So yeah. I think all good. Maybe Leo planted uh, Melly's new boo, like they planted James yeah. for Daniel. Yeah. We'll see. Oh my God! I can't even think that Melly would do that. Oh, my God. That is the show. Gladiators, we will be back February 27th. Tell everyone where they can find you guys. You can find me on Instagram and uh, Twitter at Bam Erickson. And you can also go to Big6Entertainment.com. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Canelia. And uh, Canelia.com just launched, so check it out for all things Canelia. All and right. you can find Emil on all social media at Emil Ennis Jr. He will be back when we're back on February 27th. And I am Sophia Stanley. You can find me on Twitter at Sophia Stanley. Bye, gladiators. Happy holidays. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. Thank you for watching AfterBuzz TV on YouTube. For more of your favorite after shows and interviews, subscribe to our channel here, and be sure to share your opinion on the episode in the comment section below here. We'd love to see what you guys are buzzing about. Thanks again. Buzz you later.